News from the Borderland. This is EPAS Unleashed. Hi everyone, welcome back to EPAS Unleashed. We have a very special bonus episode with a very special guest. She is not uh, an employee here, but she feels like one because we see her quite often. Um, We want to welcome a volunteer and a foster parent, Josette. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, So today we're going to be focusing on everything that you help us out with. Of course, you are a volunteer, like I mentioned, and a foster parent. Um, We really want to focus on fostering uh, since, you know, that was our our topic, our last episode. Um, Can you talk a little bit about why you foster for us? Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Uh, Josette Flores, I'm at the city attorney's office. Mm -hmm. And why do I foster? Um, I was asked, invited sort of to foster (laughs) by the former shelter vet who said, don't you want to try this? Don't you want to give some some kitty cats a place to stay? And I thought, well, how hard could that be? Mm -hmm. Um, So kitty cats came to my house and I thought, well, actually, this is really not hard at all. Mm -hmm. These cats are pretty, pretty easy to take care of. um, And it seems like a good idea if the cats that are easy to take care of are out of the shelter and that opens up space for other kitty cats to be in a space at the shelter. Yeah, especially those that really need it, you know, that are under, you know, medical care. Um, you know, if if we need to bring in these pets, having your, your home open to these fosters, it really opens up that space. Um, or, you know, if you take one of those kittens that is under treatment, um, which I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you've taken so many because we, you know, we see you quite often. Um, it gives them a better chance of, you know, recovering outside of the shelter. That's right. I've definitely had kitty cats with medical conditions, dogs with medical conditions, recovering from surgery. One had an embedded collar, I think, when he was this dog was um, impounded at the shelter, so he had crazy stitches. Like, it wasn't on the neck necessarily. It was mm-hmm. around his middle part. Oh, no. That was poor little dog. Yeah. It was very Frankenstein looking, but he, he <laughs> recovered really well. Yeah, and and you mentioned you you your job. Can you talk a little bit? You, you do work full-time, correct? I really do work full-time and then some. <laughs> <laughs> I work at the city attorney's office, so we do the legal work for the city. Okay, and awesome. And I mean, a lot of work. Yes. So you do work full time, but you still find, you know, in, in your schedule time for us to not only volunteer, but to foster. Um, can you talk about how that works? Because I know a lot of people, you know, they feel like they don't they can't um, do fostering or they can't volunteer because they don't just don't have enough time. Um, they have a full time job. So you have a full time job and you do both. I do have a full-time job. I also have the added benefit of not living that far from the shelter. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to drive particularly far. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when there are, uh, when I have to be downtown, I'm downtown. Mm-hmm. If I need to be uh, bringing a four-legged in for a vaccination, you just have to work it into your schedule, bring it in during lunch, come in after the five o'clock hour if possible. Mm-hmm. I'm usually the one running at about 5:45, telling the volunteer, <laughs> the foster coordinator, "I'm on my way." <laughs> Hopefully, coming in before the six o'clock hour yeah. when everybody here is supposed to be wrapping up things to get to get themselves home too. But you just have to be aware of what day it is, mm-hmm. essentially, on the calendar. If you if vaccinations are due, if the animal needs to come in for surgery, mm-hmm. bring them in the night before. 
um, for a while when the surgeries were taking place. You had to schedule in driving to the Socorro facility if yeah. that's where the surgery was taking place. Um, but that that was usually before work hours, so yeah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. I mean, you, like I said, you're so dedicated to being a foster because you find it in your, in your schedule to not only work, but to volunteer as well. We see you come out and you walk as many dogs as you can and you still, okay, I'll be back. I'm going to bring my fosters. We always hear you <laughs> saying <laughs> they're due for vaccines. So, I mean, like you said, it's just finding it in your schedule, keeping it um, you know, on your calendar and it's, it's not, and you take multiple pets. You don't just take, you know, one foster at a time. Can you talk about how many fosters you have right now? Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> this minute I'm, the house is very quiet because I'm going to be running out of town for a weekend, mm -hmm. but I have under my name at the present moment, five foster dogs. They're all five supposed to go on a transport next week. So when I come back to town this week, mm -hmm. coming week, I will pick them up for the last few days and then drop them back off for their final, mm -hmm. their final farewell before they head on out of town. And I have um, one foster feline family um, under my name also. They're currently at my mom's house. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, having help from, you know, family and friends, you know, to, to support your, your choice to, to foster is always something, an option for, for people, you know, like you said, you're going out of town, um, finding somebody to, to watch out over your fosters, uh, you know, we're completely fine with that as long as the pet is being taken care of and, and, you know, coming in for their vaccines and any medical, um, concerns that they have. So, uh, it's just all about uh, communication and, right. you know, keeping it in your schedule. Right. Um, you talked about the, the fostering for the, the flights, the transport flights. Can you speak a little bit about that? Because, of course, these fosters already are spoken for. They're going out um, on a transport. So can you speak a little bit about how, how that is? Yes. So I will generally look at the website and mm -hmm. see if there are any dogs that might look like candidates for a transport or... Mm -hmm. The transport coordinator will reach out to me directly and say, do you have room for this pet, this dog, mm -hmm. which may be more than one dog. Yeah. <laughs> so I just tell her yes or generally yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I can't think of a time when I've told her no. Um, so they have a definite out date. Yeah. Sometimes the flights, usually it's for a flight, sometimes they're for transports to Arizona or a, mm -hmm. some other place in Texas where they go via land. Mm -hmm. I think one time there was a transport that went via land to Maine. It took them three days to get there. I don't know how oh, that wow. driver did it, <laughs> um, but generally it's a flight. So um, you know that there's a date certain, like mm -hmm. a certain date on which they will be leaving your foster kingdom. Yeah. And then they will head um, to the airport. Uh, yeah. Staff wakes up at the, before the crack of dawn and gets <laughs> yes. them transported all to the airport. And then they board a flight and off they go to rescues in parts of the country where they don't have the overcrowding that we do here. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we need a lot more flight attendant fosters. And um, I feel like, you know, just depending on the, the foster, you know, it could be a couple of weeks. It, it just really depends, right? Right. It's usually about two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've had some around two weeks, maybe less actually, mm -hmm. if they've been uh, in a different location yeah. and they just need a, an extra week or so before they're ready for the flight. Yeah, because I mean, we don't the the point of this is just to get the the pet out of the shelter so that they don't lose their chance on you know the transport getting sick here. There are so many animals here, and while we vaccinate on intake, we never know 
um, you know, what's coming in. So we just want to make sure that they get on that flight and, and have the best option. And like you said, it doesn't always have to be a couple weeks. Sometimes it's even shorter, but um, that is something that we definitely need more. We need a lot more flight attendant fosters here at our um, shelter to, to help you out too. And, you know, of course, these pets are, like you said, going to shelters that don't have the same problem that usually like the Southern re regions have, um, you know, with the overpopulation, overcrowding in shelters. So they already have uh, a family uh, set up. And can we speak a little bit about, I know that you have so many fosters and a lot of people also think that it's gonna be hard to let go of these fosters. How do you do it? Well, for the transport fosters, for mm -hmm. instance, uh, they have a they have a place to go, yeah. And mm -hmm. that's what the whole the whole purpose of the foster program is is uh, making sure that again they're out of the shelter, um, they're getting used to being in a home, mm -hmm. so that when they're ready to go mm -hmm. to be returned, they're not used to only being in a shelter. They're yeah. used to being in a house. So the programs that the this shelter works with are generally um, programs that have fosters as well. So when they land, uh, the, they, the transports arrive to their new city, they usually go to a foster home. Yeah. And so they're, you've already done your job. You can pat yourself on the back of <laughs> yeah. getting them to a, a good point where that's not such a, an odd thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, I mean, they're going from a home to another home. They're not going to another shelter for the most part. They're already lined up with, with foster homes. Right. Um, so you don't have that that kind of guilt, like oh, where are they? Yeah, where the are they poor going? cats. Going... Where are they? They're somewhere in the shelter. <laughs> yeah, no place to go. <laughs> yes, um, and then you know maybe fosters that are not flight attendant fosters. Uh, you fostered so many, and letting them go. I'm sure it, it can be a little bit hard um, letting them go, but it is very rewarding at the Absolutely. same time. Absolutely. Can you speak a little bit about about how you feel after you know you you sure. finish the foster? I've actually had pretty good luck where if I've been a foster and that it's not for a transport and the animal comes back to the shelter, usually they get scooped up. Mm -hmm. I, I think my very first dog that I took out just for a weekend, I felt terrible about returning the mm -hmm. dog that it was a really, really handsome uh, female dog, a tall girl. Mm -hmm. She liked to go hiking with Aww. me. It was great. Um, and I brought her back thinking this is just tough. But mm -hmm. uh, that same night there was a family that was, coming back uh, that was here around right before the shelter closed and they, they adopted her. So staff let me know that before the actual end of the day, a family came in and were, they were looking at the dogs and staff had them focus on this particular dog and mm -hmm. they got along really well and they took the dog home. They adopted that dog. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, it's a very rewarding experience. Um, you get to see these pets in a home rather than the shelter. I mean, you, you like, you volunteer, so you see how how you know flooded we are with with dogs and cats, and um, how stressful it can be for them here. And you also see the you know the side of fostering where you take them out and you see a completely different personality. Can you talk about maybe some sometimes that you saw you know a pet here and they just look completely different than when you brought them home? A hundred percent. That is that is the case. There. I've actually taken dogs home that are yellow tag dogs, dogs mm -hmm. that need a little bit more attention. Yeah. You have to be a, a little bit higher up in the training department mm -hmm. to, to handle those dogs. Yes. And they're stressed out. They really are mm -hmm. stressed out at the shelter. 
Um, so I have taken them, even the smaller dogs, they're like, oh, they tried to bite everybody at the <laughs> shelter. I'm like, I'll just, I'll take them home. Yeah. So I've taken them home and they, they relax. Mm -hmm. It takes them usually like a day mm -hmm. or so, sometimes overnight, sometimes less, sometimes mm -hmm. a little bit more, depending on the dog. Yeah. And the, the ones that have been like, oh, they were so mean to stop, like really <laughs> barking and trying to bite everyone. They, yeah. they're very calm. Yeah. So, I mean, the home home life is definitely not comparable to a shelter environment. And like you said, there's so many dogs that have that that little um, yellow tag, you know, indicating that they might need a little bit more patience um, and they're not going to get as much attention as they need here at the shelter. And this environment is just not going to uh, give them that chance to really show their personality and in a home they're completely different. Like you said, they completely changed um, They're you know, they're not giving the same issues that they would in this environment. So it's definitely um, another rewarding aspect to fostering is seeing them in this state and then completely different state once they're in a home. Yeah. The other thing is the grooming. Yeah. I've seen some really crazy bad cases mm -hmm. of dogs that needed grooming mm -hmm. um, and maybe never got groomed. Um, yeah. So my, I'll either take them to my groomer or I'll take them to Petco mm -hmm. um, for some grooming because sometimes you, you really don't know what the dog looks like. What does the mm -hmm. face look like? Because there's so much matted yeah. hair in front of the dogs, what would normally be the face. Yeah. Um, and that actually is very re rewarding also. I, I pay for that. And mm -hmm. um, my groomer said that she would do it for free. And I'm like, no, this is your livelihood. You need to charge me. Mm -hmm. Um so she does really, really great work, and mm -hmm. so does the the crew at Petco. They've done, they've run a really, um, they've done a really nice job with the the dogs, even the really challenging cases that I've taken yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we we are so thankful for you to do that, and you know, to take it out of um, your own money, um, because there are some cases that, like you said, we can't even tell what type of dog it is because they are so matted there they just come into us and sometimes that that kind of attributes to their personality too I mean how would you feel you know if having that completely that hair just completely all over your face not being able to move right um and then once you get them groomed they come back and you show us and we're like who's this exactly. yep. <laughs> we found this dog Where, where'd you find this dog because <laughs> I look completely different um with with, you know, just a short amount of time, just grooming. And it's really important um, here in El Paso because we do see a lot of pets that come in and they definitely, like you said, maybe have never even been groomed before and just upkeeping them um, is going to be, it's is, is just part of, you know, owning your, a pet. So um, definitely thank you so much for doing that because you, you definitely have helped so many dogs that come into us severely matted and needing that grooming. So we thank you for that. Um, can you talk about any special fosters that, you know, just stuck with you that I know that you've had so many, so many fosters, but is there yes. any stories that you would like to share? Yes. I'm actually going to see one this weekend. Okay. Um, there was a, you all have received migrant dogs, mm -hmm. dogs that have been accompanying the migrants mm -hmm. and they come from far away. Mm -hmm. So one of them was here um, at the shelter, a small, like a mini poodle. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that she needed to take some medication because mm -hmm. who knows what mean fleas bit her on her journey here oh, yeah. over long distances. Mm -hmm. um, so she had a really tough time health-wise. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought she was not actually going to make it. 
there was a point where I'm like, well, I think I'm probably saying goodbye to this poor dog. Mm-hmm. He had a really terrible upper respiratory um, issue, but um, a friend of mine brought some bone broth and I started <laughs> giving her bone broth through a syringe. I'm like, little dog, you're going to, you're going to have this and you're going to turn it around. Mm-hmm. So she laid outside in the sun with her bone broth in her little belly and <laughs> kept taking the medication. And she was actually a really good patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and she recovered. She completely recovered. And now she's living life in Santa Fe, living large. Oh, that's great. That's <laughs> great. And, you know, speaking on that, uh, of course, there are some fosters that unfortunately, you know, they're in bad shape. They might not make it. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know that it can be hard on some fosters to to deal yeah. with that. Yeah, that has happened on occasion. Sometimes they just do not make it. I had a the current litter that is at my parents' house for the weekend. They're, the kittens were approximately five weeks old when I pulled them from the shelter with the mama cat. And mm-hmm. they were about a half a pound if they were lucky. And a five-week-old kitten should be definitely more than yeah. half a pound mm-hmm. so they just did not have the from the mama i don't think the nutritional mm-hmm. um wholesomeness that they needed they just mm-hmm. didn't have what they needed from poor mama cat mm-hmm. um so one of the three kittens just did not make it um that kitten lasted uh overnight essentially at my house and then i had to bring the body back into the shelter and those i mean i didn't I was going to be surprised if that litter of kittens made it. The mm-hmm. two that are still with us, they're strong and doing just great yeah. rousing in my in my house normally. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one was just weak and just yeah. was not going to, just wasn't going to make it. So sure, it's hard. It's not what anybody wants to see as a little kitten not make it. Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes it's a kitten. Sometimes it's a puppy. Sometimes it's an adult dog that mm-hmm. has possible bad disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, it's definitely going to be hard, but it's nothing that the foster does because you all are giving them, you know, the love and attention that they they need outside of the shelter, giving them a home to, you know, hopefully make it. And if they don't, you're there with them. You you give them that time and that love in in that amount of time that, you know, they they have left. So it's it is hard. And, you know, sometimes we, the fosters need to take a little break after and it's understandable, but we are here. We understand, um, you know, that's, that's just part of the shelter life. And um, unfortunately it does happen, but uh, we're here for, for the fosters for that um, whenever they're ready to come back, if they are ready to, to come back. There you go. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy thing, but mm -hmm. again, you're right. At least they were with somebody Mm -hmm. when they passed away, as opposed to Maybe it's overnight and nobody notices until the next morning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also, of course, you have fostered both dogs and kittens. Um, Can you, do you know about about the amount of fosters that you have had? Not the specific number, but I think it's over 300. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That's, that's a lot of fosters. That's a lot of fosters, um, you know, pets that you have helped find a home and, and, help uh, us learn their personality. Um, I'm sure that when you when you drop them off after your foster period, you give all, as much information as you can about these these pets. Um, and how important is that to to, you know, I mean, we spoke about how different shelter life is for a pet than, you know, home life. Um, can you talk about how important it is for the fosters to even if, you know, they can't continue that foster contract after the, the two weeks? 
um, to give us as much information as they have on the pet to help us get them adopted? Uh, it's actually really helpful, I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, because if they're going, to, for instance, to another rescue, the rescue will have the information that they need in order to give information to their client base. Yeah. Um, here at the shelter, at least there, I know that more recently the, there have been signs on the, in the kennel, the outside mm -hmm. kennel area. So the public can read like what yeah. qualities the dog possesses, mm -hmm. if they're high energy, mm -hmm. if they're more calm, if they know certain commands, because some people are very big on commands. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So if the dog does, the dog knows how to sit and shake and all of that type yeah you know, people, people like to know <laughs> they that like type that of yeah thing. Mm -hmm. yes um and the same with the cats mm -hmm. um some cats are kind of crazy <laughs> yes. <laughs> and some of them are just like i don't know i'm just here in the office managing your office lady yeah <laughs> get to work <laughs> yeah definitely so you know it's it's very beneficial just fostering in general um is there anything else that you want to say about fostering to hopefully encourage some more people to come out and foster 300 pets like you have. <laughs> you don't have to necessarily foster 300 pets, but you can. That It would be great. So there, there really is an overpopulation of pets in our community. And um, one very easy way, I think, to help and an effective way to help is to be a foster. You don't have to foster five at a time. You can foster one, but that is one animal that is not in a shelter environment waiting for who knows when. Um, it is... Um, very rewarding for the fosters to see that they've helped somebody other than themselves. This is in this day and age where we are doing lots of things remotely and mm -hmm. um, people are not always very kind to even to each other. It's good to, you know, get grounded again, to mm -hmm. try to be kind to others, including the four leggeds. That would be the foster cats and foster dogs. Mm -hmm. So um, do something for your community. Uh, it's not always all about you. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody just try to help out. Um, that's, that's my approach. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, these these pets, they we want them to be treated like family. They deserve it. They've already, you know, been through who knows what. And now they're here at the shelter. They don't need to be in this environment any longer if somebody is willing to open up their home. Um, and it is definitely going to change your your perspective on everything um, because it's just so rewarding to see these you know, whether it's a bottle baby that's teeny tiny and you, you're there feeding them, you know, every two hours and you see them getting adopted at, you know, the two or three month mark and they're running around just so happy or, you know, an older senior pet that is just struggling here, unfortunately, you know, whatever happened to their owner um, and they're here, it, it's just going to be a very rewarding experience. And we definitely need more uh, community members, like you said, come check it out. Whether it's fostering or volunteering, we, we need the help. Um, the pets need the help. And, you know, do it do it for them. And it's going to trickle over to, to you as well. It's going to definitely change you. So um, anything else you want to share? Uh, let's see. Uh, the foster application process is pretty easy. Yeah. Just sign on up with the program. Mm -hmm. and staff provides all of the supplies, medical supplies. Uh, supplies that the cat or dog might need in terms of food mm -hmm. um, and yeah I think it's, it's let's put the word out there 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your schedule because we know that you have that full-time job and then you're a full-time foster and volunteer. So <laughs> you're definitely busy. Um, and we want to thank you so much for everything that you've done as a volunteer and as a foster. You have really uh, made an impact in so many pets' lives and in our lives as well. So thank you so much you. For, for helping us out. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you next time. We hope you enjoy this bonus episode. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.